0: look at my butt
1: show number 286 of look at his butt lt and jk talk trek hey everybody happy 2021 it's new year and things are happening and here we are at the end of january 2021
0: have we not done a show this year yet I
1: think we we did one that was just after the new year and okay, that's, there's been kind of a gap. Yeah. That's um, what I thought. Yeah. You know, 2021 has really come out swinging. I thought things were going to be calm and boy was that wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Now I have new shit to worry about, you know. Oh, yeah. But at least <sighs> grown-ups are in charge.
1: This Unfortunately,
0: moronic idiots are more or less in charge of the things I most want taken care of permanently now, you know, so.
1: Well, at at least we can be happy that there is a vaccine and it is being rolled out slowly, Mm -hmm. but, you know, it's better than not having a vaccine at all. Mm -hmm. And uh, it seems like the ship of state is lurching forward, you know, kind of slowly and, and being shaken around a lot by phaser blasts, but at least it's going forward.
0: Yeah, yeah. And just so everybody knows, here in Chicago, we are having big, big storm, you know, big, big weather all around the U.S. right now. And um, I live in a snow globe now. (laughs) And there are drifts of snow on my balcony.
1: Amazing. Yeah. So
0: that, that was our weather report.
1: It's true. Uh, here in California, it's just been kind of rainy and stormy, and mm. uh, my power actually went out the other night. That was great. Mm. Uh, right right in the middle of watching Star Trek, as a matter of fact. Oh, and it no. Was an, it was an episode I really wanted to see. It the was...
0: engines couldn't take it anymore.
1: <laughs> um, I'd watched whatever the TOS episode was, and it was the TNG episode called Lower Decks, which I haven't seen in years, years yeah. and years and years. That was the... As people probably know, the inspiration for the animated show. Uh-huh. And I thought, let me watch this and see if it's any good. And it was actually pretty good, I have to say. So okay. um, I can recommend watching that again if people haven't seen it. It's not funny, of course. It's, you know, sort of ponderous and there's a lot of, um, you know, strange crew interaction. And also Picard behaving in ways that I don't think Starfleet should allow. Like there's this whole plot with. Uh, the Bajoran woman I can't remember her name who is like a um, Wharf's lower uh, security person okay and they want to put her into a position of more responsibility and it turns out she was one of the cadets at the academy who mm-hmm. got caught up with Wesley in that whole scandal where somebody oh, yeah. had died while they were doing things so so Picard at one point sort of chews her out and says like you when you were at the academy you lied why should i trust you why are you even on this ship you know you you have bad character and you should have been expelled from starfleet and yeah she you know and <laughs> so so he says all that and then it turns out that he was only saying that to sort of test her character and see if she would stand up to him so he was totally gaslighting her and lying to her about the way he really felt like really is that the best way to get things out of people i don't know
0: um this brings up something i've been meaning to talk about for months Oh yeah, which is the uh, Starfleet Academy of Dramatic
1: Arts, (laughs)
0: uh huh. Where all these officers are are trained actors, so they can fill in parts on Kobayashi Mm. Maru and Mm. pretend to have been kidnapped. Uh And I'm
1: I'm going really. It, it does seem, yeah, it does seem a little far-fetched. A I, little? You know, <laughs> you know, you could believe that, that um, s- some people would have a natural talent for that, but mm-hmm. not all of them, right? It's not part of officer training to be able to uh, live and pretend flawlessly so that other people would believe you.
0: Right. And the whole ship goes along with it. Yeah, or yeah, like yeah. the Kobayashi Maru, there is absolutely no reason in the world for
1: senior officers to be doing those things. No, of course not. It's a huge waste of their time. They should yes. be doing more important things. Yes. Just hire some actors. They're all, actors are always looking for work. Right. Y- you know, there's all, and, and they're in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> <there> are, <laughs> it goes without saying that there are probably hundreds and hundreds of actors who would be really, really happy to get a bit part like that.
0: That's right. Yeah. So I had to get that out of my system. Sorry.
1: That's good. Well, thank you for for mentioning that. And it is a concern, certainly.
0: but yes. yeah,
1: uh, yeah, Picard, why are you yelling at this woman if you don't really mean it? and And, you know, well, like, what is the alternative if it doesn't encourage her to, stand up to him and and find her inner strength it means she's just going to continue to be in this sort of lower level position and then do a really shitty job and then quit starfleet like is that what you want is that the alternative i don't yeah know.
0: that that sucks that's hmm. yeah it's
1: anyway let's talk about something better because okay because now i'm getting angry about that okay. let's talk about the fact that um discovery wrapped up because we haven't had a chance to talk about discovery wrapping up uh, yes they they fin They finished their season, and they sort of wrapped it up with no cliffhangers and nothing that was really unresolved. So that was nice. I felt good about that, that Mm -hmm. it didn't end with me going, are you kidding? Is that really the last episode of the season?
0: Yeah. Well, the only cliffhanger really is what's going to happen to Ceru. Yes. And um I read an interview just the other day with I believe one of the producers and he's going, Oh no, Cebru is coming back. We we have not let Doug Jones go by any means so Yeah. So that's that's reassuring.
1: Yeah, I think I'd read an interview with Doug Jones just after mm-hmm. the finale. And he was like, yeah, I'm there. We're filming. We're up in Toronto. Mm-hmm. We're doing it. Uh, so I am not going away. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of role he'll have if he's going to come back as the captain or if they're going to let Burnham be the captain of that ship and he goes somewhere else. I, I'm i not sure how they're going to manage that. But uh, I will say it was completely delightful, as you pointed out with this article you sent over, that most of the important people on the bridge are all women now. Which yes, is that, yeah. that
0: is great. I still don't know uh, the names of any of them beyond Detmer. <laughs> but, you know, they spent, what, the whole first season maybe and the
1: second not giving these people names, just letting yeah. them sit there. I know that the, the woman who sits at NAV, um, her name is uh, Owosakun, and they call her Owo. For short. Yes. Well, I found that so, out from
0: reading the article. <laughs> yes.
1: So I know those two. And the other folks, yeah, they don't use their names enough, which is weird. You know, when you watch the old, when you watch TOS or mm-hmm. even TNG, they address people by name all the time. And I don't think they do that as much in Discovery. Huh, I'm going to have to start looking at that a little bit more.
0: Well, and it seems weird. If you're on the bridge with, I don't know, eight other officers, Mm -hmm. how are they going to know who you're talking
1: to? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Hmm, Okay, I'm going to have to delve into this a little bit deeper and Mm -hmm. see if they really do it less. Or is it just that it's so noisy, you can't fucking hear what they're saying half the time. Right. Things are exploding, and things are beeping, and there's just too much action happening.
0: Okay. Yes. I will tell you one thing I'm not happy about in that finale.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What's the main character's name?
1: Burnham? Burnham, Burnham. Burnham. thank you.
0: Could <laughs> I went blank. Burnham is not ready to be captain. No, she's she not. She has I agree. not grown at all. Nah. I mean... That's where the series has been going, obviously. She's not ready.
1: I don't think so. She's not a captain like Kirk, like Picard, like the other captains that we've seen with years of experience and training behind her. You know, maybe it's that she has the quality that we have discussed which is that people are willing to follow her and that might be true because the discovery crew is so tight mm-hmm. and they've been through so much together but she does not have the years and years of experience required to actually be a starship captain
0: and after um season one episode one where she mutinied and killed her captain mm-hmm. and then they came up with an excuse to get her out of jail and put her on the discovery She she would never, ever go beyond Ensign at that point.
1: Yeah, which she was, and then suddenly got promoted several times very, very quickly. Well, she's the main character, so they have to do it. I Uh,
0: guess so.
1: Yeah. But it's kind of all the more reason for having Saru come back and be the captain again. Mm -hmm. And that could be a really interesting plot point. You know, maybe Mm -hmm. they'll address that and they'll say, okay, it was a mistake to promote her so quickly. Um maybe there'll be something that happens that shows that she's really not ready because mm-hmm. she hasn't had it and then she gets, I don't know, demoted back to first officer or something. That would be very interesting, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah,
0: that could be. That'd be so good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I hate the new uniforms, the grey ones. Oh they're I think horrible. They're, they're very ugly. They're very, very And they're very thing.
0: poorly cut. They look bad on they everyone. Do.
1: Yeah, so I don't know why they thought that was a good idea. Those, you know, the uniforms that they had at Starfleet Command with um, uh, Commander or uh, Admiral Vance of Vance Refrigeration. Yes. Those, those looked okay, uh-huh. but the ones that the that they put on the Discovery crew just don't look very good. No, I don't like them. No, no, not. Sorry, just not a fan. Uh, I did want to say I thought the whole resolution to the situation, um. Oh, now I'm blanking on the, the name of uh, Saru's little buddy. His, totally name,
0: his name is Gilligan. And...
1: <laughs> okay, we'll call him Gilligan. Okay. That's fine. Um, he was played by Bill Irwin. Yes. I didn't realize that until the last episode. And I was like, oh, shit, I know him. He's awesome. <laughs> I didn't either. But I was like, Bill Irwin? I know who yeah. that is, you know. Yeah, so um, he's great. I've I've seen him in a play. He's wonderful. So he was very good. Yes, and I was. thought that the resolution was very good. Um the fact that they they went so far as to show you via the hologram stuff what actually happened mm-hmm. with his mother dying and then just like being a corpse for poor little Gilligan. Yeah. Like that was really hard. Uh-huh. And I, I was glad they did it. It was hard to watch, but it showed you the depth of his trauma Mm -hmm. from everything that had happened and kind of showed you why he ended up being this incredibly defective being because of like all the horrible, horrible stuff that had happened and all the other dead Kelpians laying there on the floor in body bags like, oh my God, it was awful, just so awful. But it was good. Uh, of course, there was the last minute, you know, beaming them out just as the cliff was about to collapse. And all yes, yes. Got to do that. Got gotta to that. do that. Yeah. A little yep. bit contrived. But uh, it's good. I'm looking forward to the next season. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be good. I hope it is as self-contained as season three was. Mm-hmm. That would be nice.
0: I got to say, um, I've probably run into it in some science fiction novels. But that idea of what caused the burn, which was the kid's trauma, Mm -hmm. that was really interesting to me, Mm -hmm. that it could be that powerful.
1: Yeah, well, uh, you know, tying it in with dilithium, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff about how he got to be so superpowered and and then the fact that when they took him away from the place where he was, everything would go back to normal. Like, really? Okay, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that amount of whatever his DNA was affected and that he would suddenly become just like all the other Kelpians once he left there. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll 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 believe you, but that seems pretty far-fetched.
0: Yeah. But still, you know, other than uh, Burnham becoming captain, which I'm just not, that's not sitting right. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, another thing they could have done because sabru is on leave of absence, and honestly, I mean, Tilly did an okay job, but I mean, really. not Tilly's, Tilly's less ready than Burnham. What yeah. they could have done is bring in another captain, and mm-hmm. for the next season, that captain would know that her job is to season Burnham yeah. and the rest of the crew so they have an actual line of command.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, You know, because they have been far too independent and on their own and doing whatever they want for too long. And I think that could have been an interesting plot line.
1: Yeah. I wonder if, because Burnham is such an inexperienced captain, whether we'll see some of that in the next season where Starfleet doesn't really trust them with the big jobs. Yeah. You know, that they become... Uh, sort of the taxi service because of the spore drive.
0: Well, that's what they were all through this season.
1: Right. They, they were, but Jump maybe... out to
0: something, fix it, and come home, come right home, okay.
1: you know? So maybe, the, maybe they'll continue to do that, and that becomes a point of conflict between the Discovery crew and Starfleet. Like, mm-hmm. you won't trust us to do stuff, and Admiral Vance is going, yeah, you're right, we don't. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> well, and I would think Starfleet really, now that things have settled a little, uh the uh, Corps of Engineers would want to uh, retro-engineer or reverse-fit uh, that spore drive. Yeah. Because having that almost makes the discovery too too valuable to ever let it go anywhere.
1: Exactly if it's right. it's the only one yeah, they've exactly. got. Exactly. And, and also, I don't know if they addressed this, maybe you remember better than me, but are all of the people from Book's Planet able to do what he did and talk to the spore drive, or is it just him? Well, they said, you know, because he had this empathy thing. And just like human
0: beings, you know, there are certain traits that almost all of us have, but we have to differing degrees. So I would say maybe they are, uh, that empathy is a very common trait among their people, but to have it be enough to pilot a spore drive and also what's coming into it too is that book has been all over space in his little ship and so he's got the science uh knowledge you can't just i don't think get in there put your hands down and go let's go to mars you know there's (laughs) you know then that's like magic Uh you know whatever
1: yep I, i agree with that i i just wonder um if that's something, again, that they'll explore, whether he's the only one out of his entire race, mm-hmm. his entire population who could do this, because it would certainly make his people far more important to starfleet if there were other people who could do it right you know that they would be actively recruited into starfleet and they'd keep them locked away in a little room somewhere so that <laughs> they always had it so that they had a spare well in yeah something happens to him and to stamets like they have to have somebody to pilot that spore drive mm-hmm. that's true i guess we'll find out next season we'll see so, this year is the only year that we're not going to have any live action Star Trek because they're filming everything. Yes. Um, the uh, Strange New Worlds looks like it might be premiering in 2021, but I kind of doubt it. I think it's probably going to be early 2022. Yeah,
0: if it does in 21, it's going to be very late, I think.
1: Yeah. So, we have the animated stuff to look forward to. Yay! Uh, New new season of Lower Decks, which everybody is saying is going to be amazing and they're going to have lots of good guest stars. I can't wait. It's going to be so good. Yes. They just premiered Lower Decks internationally. For some reason, there was some embargo on showing it and it was nice to see on twitter all these people who hadn't seen it already Mm -hmm. in europe and in england flipping out and going oh my god this is the best star trek that was really nice yep
0: i really like lower decks i really do
1: (laughs) it's so good it's going to be great going forward so that's awesome and uh oh another article that you had sent along was saying that the ensigns of the uss cerritos may be the biggest star trek fans of all time yes I think it's a really good article. It's at Star StarTrek.com. And they, they humorously break down the four main characters mm-hmm. about the different types of fans. But I think that's part of what makes that show really, really good is that the characters are fans of Star Trek, right? They're, they're fans in the way that we are fans. Right? Yes. They know trivia. They know all their obscure facts. They know what people have done before in a in a very fanish way not just in a historical way like mm-hmm. if you were in the army and and you knew all these generals who had done stuff and you were familiar with the history of yes. a certain type of warfare it's more like i am such a fan and I, I just want to immerse myself in this culture mm-hmm. and know it all. And wouldn't and <laughs> it mention that they had little contests to see who could make the best engine room noises? Yes! You know, like that <laughs> kind of stuff is just great. It's so good. I think that's why that the show resonates with me so much because it's we're like them and they're like us. Oh,
0: well, that's what I was going to say. Um, because it's animated and because they can be silly and do these things that don't exactly break the fourth wall, but you know what I mean. It has brought us onto the ship yes. in a way that nothing else has been able to. Yeah, there have been characters that people have identified with and, you know, the whole thing. But this, I mean, I, I don't even remember what the situation was, but every now and then I will laugh so hard to myself and to Little Jack <laughs> about when something was going on and somebody yelled, Kirk the thing. You know, it was like yes. you
1: know, it was like do the double fist hiya or something. Yep. Exactly, exactly. And it it takes me back to watching uh Trials and Tribulations because yes. that was a big part of that episode and why mm-hmm. it was so good was the characters actually acknowledging that they were fans, right? Mm-hmm. That it wasn't just the history of Starfleet and all that that they were like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, we're going to be on the Enterprise. We're going to see Kirk at and, and, and getting all kind of giddy and nervous. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's them. It's them in person. I can't believe it. Yep. So I agree. And it's it's delightful to see them being fans. So I'm, I'm sure they're going to continue that into the next series. But, yeah, it's one of the things that makes that show so good. Well,
0: I, I go into shock, too, every now and then. You know, I'm on various Star Trek groups or something where people will go – God, I hate lower decks, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what?
1: What is there to hate about I it? Know. I mean, if you don't like it, just do watch it.
0: Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm, you know, sort of going, but why? What? What do you hate about it? And you know, because I don't get that because I, I, I am delighted to see it. It's like the best part of fanfic, which yeah. I have missed, but I don't go back to that because it got so ugly. But you know, when fanfic was really silly and fun and just taking these things uh-huh. to their logical logical extremes, that's what this
1: is like. It is. Plus, it has real stories and real characters. <laughs> yes. You know, there was character growth, and they're they're able. They the writers and the, the, Mike McMahon, the creator, they have such fluency in all of the aspects of Trek. So mm-hmm. the one episode near the end where they they were tapping into all the movies was just so well done there were so many things in it that were funny and and respectfully funny they were done with love but also criticizing some of the sillier things that they'd had and yeah they're they're really really good at that and I think this the episodes do stand up even if you're not that into Trek that you get every joke they're Mm -hmm. still well crafted it's not like just, you know, like Ready Player One or something where it's just a bunch of reflexive references and in-jokes right. that don't actually, they're not funny. They're just mm-hmm. there and you you look at them and you go, oh, I get that. Yep. <laughs> you know, that that's not a joke. That's just a reference. So, yes, it is good. And I can't wait until there's more of it. It's Yay!
0: Gonna be good. Yes. Um, I have to tell you something that's not on the list. It seems like oh, yes? so long since we've done a show. Remember <laughs> in the last show when we were talking about when did the Prime Universe and the Mirror Universe split?
1: Oh, yes. Uh-huh. And I said
0: it was when Edith Keeler either died or uh-huh. didn't uh-huh. die. That's That set it off. I don't know how late I stayed up one night mentally working out those paths. <laughs> and, you know, I'm... Uh, I am sort of conceptually impaired in stuff like that, you know, but I was really, really trying to work it out, and I was thinking, man, I should write this down. Maybe I will, but somehow that idea really set things off for me.
1: Mm -hmm. I I think it's a great theory, so I'd be very interested to see you write it all down and publish it on StarTrek.com, because apparently they're taking lots of submissions from people, so you should do that. Yeah, I will will have to work
0: on that, but it, it, you know, I, I mean, I even had it worked out, like, okay... Does that mean that the mirror universe is actually the prime universe now? Mm -hmm. You know, I I mean, I just went down a rabbit hole like you wouldn't believe. (laughs) I'm spending most of uh, my quarantine time in rabbit holes. (laughs) Last night I became obsessed with hearing someone actually speak Gaelic.
1: Oh, very good. That's great. So I did.
0: You know, I managed to find Uh it. But, um, yeah, you just get going.
1: (laughs) I agree. I think that's what... uh... It is for all of us. I've been taking a, a deep dive into the Beatles. Uh, oh, in, good. In, yeah, it's been really good. i have reading lots of books and watching lots of things and, and kind of figuring out stuff. I'll, I'll digress for just one second. Sure. But I just read the other day and I heard in an interview someone saying that the story, the famous legend, of the mythos of the Beatles that John and Paul first met mm-hmm. at that that and fête that they had at a church.
0: At Walton. Pro- yes.
1: At Walton is probably not true. <gasps> oh my yeah. god, you have shattered me. It's probably they they probably knew each other. They didn't live that far apart and the area of Liverpool that they lived in wasn't that big. They had friends in common and Paul McCartney has privately admitted to people that that story is about 60% true. Ha. Huh. So, maybe that um, was the
0: first time he ever heard John's band.
1: That's probably true. I think that's the true part, but I think that they, it seems from other evidence that they knew each other, even slightly, they knew each other. Yeah. So it's incredible. The more you dig into it, I think in that way, the Beatles is very much like a thing like Star Trek, Mm -hmm. that there's a lot of myth and legend around it. And in some cases, the myth is much better than the reality. So even the people who were there, like Paul McCartney, just go, sure, that's what happened. Good story. That's definitely fine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let's just. Well,
0: I think in the movie, I think it's in the movie, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Uh The famous line is some newspaper guy, and I think he says it at the end is when the legend becomes bigger than the truth, print the legend.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. That's and we very, all believe
0: this stuff, you know.
1: Yeah, it's very uh, William Randolph Hearst sort of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, that's that's my, my rabbit hole has been the Beatles. Okay. Lots, lots of Beatles stuff. It's very good. Uh, Speaking of the Mirror Universe, you'd sent along another article about how the Enterprise producers turned down William Shatner's pitch to be in. I think we'd mentioned this once before, but I hadn't read a whole article about it. So this was good.
0: And I had I had heard Bill talk to them. They didn't like his idea, but I never heard what the idea was. Mm -hmm. And um, so if you will allow, I will read you this paragraph. Okay. Yes. He pitched this story to Berman and Braga. Um, and Manny Cotto, and he had developed this along with uh, Judith and and Garfield Reeves Stevens. The story had Shatner appearing as Tiberius, who was Captain Kirk's mirror universe self. What year would this have been in our year? It was Enterprise.
1: Yeah, oh, I don't even know. When was Enterprise? I don't know,
0: 15, 20 years ago. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sent back in time, he would have met Captain Archer in the Prime Universe, and because of their efforts trying to get Tiberius home, they would have been responsible for creating the Mirror Universe. Sounds like an episode I would have loved to have seen, as would most Star Trek fans. Now, see, this gets into the the rabbit hole I was in. If he was sent back in time, it's like the Mirror Universe in the future exists, but they had to go back in time to invent it, and that's where your brain starts starts spinning. Right, well, yeah. they came up – they didn't like that. They came up with the stupid idea that they ended up using with um, uh, Jonathan Frakes, the tall guy, um, to be the chef. <laughs> and I, I love this. It comes as no big surprise that this pitch didn't interest Shatner. In fact, when it was proposed to him, Manny Cotto said – there was a long silence, <laughs> and that was the end of
1: that. Yeah, I can understand the long silence, certainly. Um, but here's the thing that it says, which I don't really understand. Uh, Shatner would play the Enterprise chef, who we never got to see. Well,
0: and you never did until their final episode, when it was a tall
1: person. He would have been an ancestor of Captain Kirk who took on the chef's identity because he just wanted a time travel adventure. I I, I question the use of the word ancestor of Captain Kirk because Enterprise isn't that far out from regular trek so it's not like he was from 20 generations ago right no he was the probably enter- like from
0: two or three max yeah yeah
1: so it's ancestor i don't know that just seems like a, a weird thing that i got very hung up on that word as i was reading it over okay. and over
0: he's from a different universe the chef and what he is is he's the kirk who stuck with his original dream of <gasps> pastry chefing
1: pastry chefing yes that i agree with That works. That would have been much better. Much, much, much better. Yep. Ah, Pastry chefing. The the hardest kind of chefing, really. Really. The most (laughs) intricate. Requires the most skill and the most leadership. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Well, it does. It really does.
0: Another problem solved by us.
1: By us, yes, of course. Um, Let's take a really quick break, and then we've got some Strange New World stuff to talk about. Yes. For real, and also some Bill stuff. Space, a final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission. To explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Listeners, we would love to hear from you. Send us email at lookitisbutt at, at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook and leave us a comment. Tell us your Trek News. Strange new worlds. I can't wait. It's going to be so good.
0: You know, have you seen the little blurb of uh, about CB- CBS All Access is now becoming Paramount, Paramount something Plus. It's Paramount
1: Plus. Yes. Did you see the little like commercial? I did. And and there's Anson Mount as Captain Pike, and I love it. And Spock also. Yes, yes. um, Obviously, a little bit of new footage, which is really good. And I saw it, and I went, ah, my second favorite captain. (laughs) Uh, So that was was really good. So people are speculating, you know, what's going to happen here? And one of the items that we have talked about before, and there's a really good article about it that we just wanted to mention here at Den of Geek called Star Trek Strange New Worlds Doesn't Need Captain Kirk. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Could not agree more. Very, very, 100%. Yes.
0: I was so glad to see this because there have been so many articles about how they could get Kirk in, and will Kirk be in right away? And it's like, you know, know. and I know we've said this before, but as with most things we say, it bears repeating. Um, They should follow what uh, TNG did for at least five years, was Mm -hmm. never mention Kirk. Never mention any of those upcoming adventures, in this case. Just, you know, go your own way, be your own show. You've got a strong cast. Mm -hmm. Let them do their
1: stuff. Let them make their own Star Trek. Exactly. And... You know, Anson Mount is the star of the show. Yes. Just like William Shatner was the star of regular TOS. So let let him be the star of the show and let's not have competition. Yes. This article says some really good things, uh, which I will now read. It's easy to understand the impetus to have Kirk on. After all, James Kirk is the iconic character at the center of the Star Trek world. And Strange New Worlds takes its title from one of his most famous monologues. But this show has so many stories to tell that don't have anything to do with the original series Mm -hmm. or the man who will one day sit in the captain's chair. Truthfully, Strange New Worlds already has a compelling and captivating leader in Mounts Pike, a man burdened by the knowledge of his own immutable, deeply painful future, but who refuses to allow it to make him resentful or cruel. His community-minded, service-oriented view of his job as a Starfleet officer has a lot more in common with Jean-Luc Picard than James Kirk. And his refreshing reliance on collaboration and genuine teamwork make him the kind of boss every officer must long to serve under. And I think that is all true, although I would quibble a little about having more in common with Picard than with yeah. Kirk. I think Kirk was also very much you know collaborative Mm -hmm. and and appreciative of that but I think that's why as we've said before we responded and so many people responded so deeply to Pike is that he's really the kind of captain you want for a ship yes you know he is community-minded he is service-oriented he understands his position as a leader but also that it's he's not in it for him right he's in it for everybody
0: he knows that um he is supposed to be uh, bringing the uh, ensigns and and people like that and crew people along their paths, you know, yes. t- training them to be able to move into more senior roles. Mm-hmm. It's about exactly. it's it's about con- continuity, continuing the the line. Yeah,
1: he is absolutely like that, and and I so many people refer to him I see online as a, sort of a space dad. <laughs> you know, like he definitely has that dad vibe that I think. Kirk doesn't, and Picard certainly doesn't. Right, right. But, you know, he he really treats people like it's a family, like Mm -hmm. it's his family, and he has this deep responsibility to them. So I I can't wait to see that. Just, you know, he was so good as a character in Discovery, and to give him this platform to be that character for the Enterprise crew and to see what they're going to do, it's so exciting. It is. is It really is. So that can't happen
0: soon enough for me.
1: Yeah, so put that in your book of being right, because yes. I know you've come out very, very strongly about this point. So let's talk about this other article about Strange New Worlds, which is about how they can fix a Spock plot hole from the original series. Well, here's my take on the whole thing. What they're talking okay. about is,
0: will we see Spock in Strange New Worlds go through Ponfar? And my answer is, hmm no, if this is the same Spock that we saw in TOS, but younger, there's a line in TOS that means he has never gone through it before. He said, I had hoped I would be spared this. Yes. And that means he hasn't gone through it before. Now, the article brings up uh, young regenerated Spock in Search for Spock at about the age of 14, 15, going through that. But he isn't really the same Spock.
1: Right, right. You you know, he's regenerated.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The Genesis planet might have things to do with it, that things happen much faster.
1: I think that's exactly what it is, that that affected him in ways. Yeah, he's not the same Spock. He's Mm -mm. not physically the same person at all. And who knows what the hell the Genesis planet does. I mean, we've seen that it it performed in ways uh, not intended by its creator. So there's probably lots and lots of things that happened. Yes. So, yeah, Panfar
0: should not really, in my opinion, should not come up. Ha ha.
1: Yeah, I I agree. (laughs) I agree with that. And also, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, it brings up another point, which is that I really hope that Strange New Worlds doesn't become so Spock focused that it takes away from Pike. But number one and all the other characters that we're going to see on there. Mm -hmm. Again, Anson Mount is the star of the show. Yes. You know, the captain is the centerpiece of it, and everybody else is important, and we need to see their stories and their growth and their journeys and all that, but this can't become the show that's all about Spock and everything that Spock is going through, because that's going to be a drag if that happens.
0: Right, and I don't want it to become... So TOS oriented that they're always foreshadowing what's coming up in five years or visiting yes. planets that TOS does. There's it's a huge
1: universe.
0: You know, meets yeah. meet some other aliens and, and other planets and
1: mm-hmm. lots of stories to tell out there. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots of stories. The naked universe you know has
0: thousands of stories.
1: <laughs> this is one of them. I was watching uh was oh mark of gideon was on the other night and i watched that and i caught spock in a lie a flat out <gasps> lie what did uh, he say i know and it, it was inconsequential but still so if you will remember you know while kirk is missing with the ship's yoga teacher yeah on the fake enterprise spock is arguing with the ambassador from gideon mm-hmm. and they're going on and on and on about why Spock can't beam down. And then they have the back and forth about, oh, we'll beam one of your guys up. Oh, that doesn't mean we can beam one of you down. And the Gideons keep saying it's because we're strict isolationists and we don't want to be contaminated by people from the outside. And, you, you know, everybody's always fighting in the, the Federation. And Spock says uh, interplanetary wars or something like that have been eliminated in our galaxy. And I was like really (laughs) (laughs) um klingons romulans yeah that's all within our galaxy and it was just such a blatant lie i couldn't believe it wow i'm I'm sure they didn't mean it to have him Mm -hmm. still it was just you know no that's not true at all don't say that and you know now that we're talking about mark of gideon um they could just we've seen them do this Uh, scan the planet and find Kirk that's what I said later on they insert a line saying that the planet is shielded from their scanner so they're not able to do Mm -hmm. okay yeah I mean yeah I know there's just there's so many things in that that should not have been the way it was Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of a dopey episode although it's a it's it's a good Kirk episode Mm -hmm. because he he is very much uh thinking through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Shatner's such a good actor, man. He's so good. Yep. You know, this whole time when he's skating around the Enterprise with O'Donna, he's he's every moment he's trying to figure out what's going on. Yep. Every time he talks to her, he's trying to get information. Every time he's like looking around the ship and touching things, he's always trying to get more data so that he can solve this problem. Mm-hmm. It's, he's he's just that good. Well, and to me, it's a remarkable episode in that It's
0: pro-birth control.
1: It is, yes.
0: And for that era, you know, where, and we still have the same mindsets going on here in this country about whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing to come out with. Look, you're at the point where you've depleted all your resources and you're so crowded, you can't move. You got to start thinking about birth control.
1: (laughs) Exactly. There's also something weird, though, and I I think other people have raised this, too, when... They're talking about the Gideonites, mm-hmm. I guess, okay. that that they hardly ever die, that they have these extended lifespans that the, you know, mm-hmm. they regen parts, body parts regenerate and stuff. And I, so they can't, they basically, they're immortal. And I was thinking, really, if you cut somebody's head off, they're not going <laughs> to die. You know, not to get too graphic about it, but certainly they must be able to die if well you get maybe not every blood leaks out
0: (laughs) maybe not every body part regenerates
1: i guess but it just the way the the ambassador dude is talking to kirk he's basically saying people don't die except very rarely Mm -hmm. and i thought there must be ways to kill people like come on yeah even if you're total pacifist if you fell off a cliff (laughs) <laughs> really? You're not going to die? You can't drown? <laughs> a pacifist just fell off the cliff. <laughs> yeah,
0: <so laughs> yeah, and you know, okay, look at their technology. Obviously, they are able to shield their planet. Yeah. Um, If, they, if maybe one in a hundred million died every now and then, they would have overcrowded that planet and all killed each other off long before they got to this point.
1: This is correct, so... Anyway, I don't want to pick it apart. It okay. is a good episode. Yes, it is. Days. It's really stupid in others, but uh, <laughs> there it is. but I was just I was just admiring William Shatner's performance oh, because yes. he's so very good. Yes, right? yes. And McCoy spends the entire episode on the bridge, sort of bitching about things as like usual. I swear, every every episode he comes up there and I'm yelling at the TV, what are you doing? Go back to sickbay. Get to work. Yeah, I just thought I'd come hang out with
0: you. There's nothing happening. Yeah, there's nothing
1: else. Just I'm bored. I do. Yeah. i be there with Chapel. What are you up to, Jim? <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, let's talk about Robin Williams because I didn't know this. I, did. I
0: knew he was a big Star Trek fan. I had heard that. And he desperately wanted to be on the show mm-hmm. and so TNG wrote an episode
1: for him yeah I didn't know that that's a really good episode it and he would have w- been so good oh it? he
0: would have been amazing but what what it, because of timing and commitments they had to, you know, use another actor, but it's the one where this guy uh, shows up, time traveler, who says he's from the future, and then mm-hmm. it turns out he's actually from the past and just sort of uh, scamming their their equipment yep. and and technology and taking it back with him and
1: yep, total total scammer, total grifter. It's great. Yes,
0: it's a wonderful episode, and uh, you know that. I mean, the way Robin Williams' life turned out is so sad, anyway. But to think. As a Trekkie, that you came this close to having, you had this episode written for you, everybody's on board, ready to do it, and you mm-hmm. didn't get to. Yeah.
1: Is like, oh, man. Yeah, what could have been. Yes,
0: because oh. he was, in my opinion, a very good actor, but almost exclusively in non-lead roles. Yes. When he plays a supporting
1: actor, supporting role, he's so good. He really is. And he's good in that he doesn't steal mm-hmm. from people, mm-hmm. but he totally fills out those roles. Yes. And those those little characters become like incredibly alive and real on the screen. Yep. Criminally underused. He should have been in more things where he wasn't doing stupid things like Mrs. Doubtfire. Which oh, so God. <laughs> Not good. Uh, so, it, This article, which is at a site called Giant Freaking Robot, (laughs) says that he was on the Paramount lot doing things and would go and visit the folks who were uh, filming Voyager and things like that. So he was quite friendly with the actors and they seems like they tried multiple times to get him little parts, but it just didn't line up because he was a very busy person. So that's very sad. Yeah.
0: It, it's still an outstanding episode, and as someone who is not dedicated to TNG and doesn't have them all memorized, that's one of the ones that stands out in my mind.
1: Yep, it, so. is, it is very, very good. So that was interesting to read about that. Uh, of course, people have pointed out, too, that his uh, costume as Mork in Mork and Mindy was the repurposed costume from um, Savage Curtain. It was Colonel yes! Green yes! that they they dressed up. So Star Trek connection there. So let's talk very quickly about uh, Bill stuff. Bill hasn't been doing very much lately, except kind of working behind the scenes. He mm-hmm. had to restart his online store because of Brexit, actually. Mm-hmm. As many people are finding out, it's impossibly expensive to ship things to the UK now because... They went and did Brexit and it made things really, really expensive. So he had to start a new online store and he and Paul worked very hard to make that happen. And he argues with people on Twitter. There's a new series of The Unexplained on, which I'm never going to (laughs) watch. Just because uh, he has some new GalaxyCon things coming up. He said that on Twitter the other day. Oh, did he? Okay, because I've been watching and haven't seen right. him for that. Yeah. He said he will be doing it, but they just haven't released the dates for it. Okay. But much more interestingly, this article appeared on uh, Red Shirts Always Die saying that they're going to have, well, right now they're planning on having the big star trek convention in las vegas in august of 2021 we'll see yeah if that happens. yeah but they're going to be doing a bunch of regional events mm-hmm. that are happening before it in different places around the country so there's one in vancouver british columbia where bill will be probably mm-hmm. in july maybe um and then he's doing one in september in a little town called edison new jersey <laughs> which is where i grew up yay and, um, so I'm wondering if I might actually go to that if mm. everything has been settled, yes. like if we all are vaccinated and stuff. Because I would love to go with my brother. It would be really, oh, that would really be a fun. blast. Yeah, it would be really good. So maybe we'll be able to go to that. It would be good. And there are other uh, creation events happening that Bill's going to be at as well. And I think Jacksonville, Florida. So you have to check to make sure that. The day you want to go is when Bill is actually going to be there. Yes, and that's that's always
0: true, you know, of the cons. Mm -hmm. The thing is, the regional cons, that's not news. There has always been regional cons. The biggie was, you know, the Vegas one. But here's the other news about Bill. I didn't put it on the list for this, but I posted it on Facebook. He has got that movie he's talked about, Senior Moment, coming out. With him, and Christopher Lloyd and Jean Smart, and oh, wow. if anybody ever watched a little bit of Shit my dad says he and Jean Smart had such good chemistry.
1: Yeah, she's wonderful.
0: Oh yeah, so that uh, may be released sometime this year. Wow,
1: that's very exciting. Yes, that senior cool. moment. Yeah. Good, very good. I I will say Bill has been really good online about. Uh, stupid people who are saying uh, uh, about mask use, getting Mm -hmm. the vaccine, all of that stuff. He's been really good about pushing back and saying, yes, everybody should be wearing their masks all the time. We all should be going out and getting the vaccine. He keeps saying how he's been really isolating even from his family because Mm -hmm. of all this. So I'm glad that he's taking it so seriously because there are some other celebrities who are not. And they're idiots for doing that. I know.
0: Yeah, we all have to still still be very, very serious about it. So, yep.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, coming to the final couple of things on our list, uh, there <laughs> there is a really nice video that I'm not sure when it was posted. Maybe it was more recently, but it's from Ticonderoga. Mm-hmm. Actually,
0: it was just posted a couple days ago, January 25th.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I think they're posting it because um, people – they had to shut the tours down and then open them up because of COVID. Right. They couldn't be doing their regular tour schedules. They want people to see what it's like. This article is at Redshirts Always Die, and it, it just is a little promotion for Ticonderoga saying it's, it's good. You should go. Yes, we agree. But the video is really the best part of it. So it's kind of a walkthrough mm-hmm. and they've laid over all the sound effects for it. And so it is like walking through it. It's amazing. Oh, good. It's, I haven't had
0: a chance to look at it. So I'll have to do that this afternoon.
1: It's about uh, seven minutes long and they go through all of the sets that they have built. And most of the sets have ceilings, which makes it feel like Ooh, you're really, really there. Very cool. You know, I really want to go there. Yeah. I really, really do at some point. And I, I have this terrible feeling that we're, like, hopefully you and I will go together. Yes. Of yes. And we're going to walk in. And as soon as we get inside, I'm going to be overwhelmed and, like, burst into tears. Me too. Or fall down or something. Oh, I yes. Just have this overwhelming emotional reaction to it, feeling like we're actually on the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. I got a little bit of that when we were at the... Um, one of the Star Trek experiences where we were on the bridge, Mm -hmm. the TNG bridge, which still was incredibly cool. Yes, Like we got to sit in the captain's chair and all that, but just to, to feel like you're on the bridge of the enterprise. I don't know. I think I might have a little breakdown.
0: I think I might too, but it would be good. (laughs) Also
1: something came out in the news like a
0: week or two ago and Bill posted or said this somewhere. He had just signed the contract to do the Ticonderoga thing again, (laughs) I believe. This Thanksgiving.
1: Oh, great. Well, that's very interesting. So, you
0: know, if uh, COVID allows,
1: yeah, Bill's planning allowed. on it. Yeah. Oh, boy. I really want to go. So, this, this, brings up another topic that I never thought I would be interested in, but now I am. Okay. Um, and it's because I know this guy who's really into building models, mm-hmm. and one of the things that he's doing now, he's decided that he's going to make little scale models of parts of the Enterprise. Oh! And he specifically wanted to do Kirk's Quarters, and I think it was because we were watching, maybe it was Mirror Mirror or something, and he just got really interested in, like, that's very cool, the way that they put the sets together, and then looking at the conference room and the design of that. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he's been making these little models and, and figuring out how they're all done. So that so I had to I was like, hey, I have information. Mm-hmm. So I got out the Starfleet technical manual which has you know, drawings, not blueprints, but anyway, showing you the way they're supposed to look. And then if you look online, there are actual blueprints from the sets when they were designing the sets Mm -hmm. at Desilu so you can see how it's all put together but more interesting for me is when you're watching the episodes is spotting things like uh, when we're watching Mark of Gideon so there's only one corridor yes (laughs) and they shoot it from different parts to make it look like it's more than one corridor, but it's only one corridor. And once you start to look for the things you, you see that it's only one corridor. And I never thought about that before. Mm -hmm. And now that I see it, I'm like, that's amazing that they made it feel like it was a whole ship out of this one freaking piece of corridor. Mm -hmm. So as, as you're going down the corridor, what you always see is what is Kirk's quarters. Mm -hmm. Kirk's quarters has two doors. Um, One door is blue and one door is gray. And the blue door is the door that uh, goes into his bedroom. And I think the gray door, I'm probably getting this wrong, is the one that goes into his little ante room where he has Uh his desk. And there's a nameplate beside it. And there's, so you, it's interesting, right? Right. That there's a door into the ante room and then there's a door straight into the bedroom. Like, okay, I guess. Well, in an emergency and if he's in the bedroom, he doesn't have
0: time to run those extra five feet,
1: <laughs> so that's weird. Uh-huh. And then in the Elan of Troyes episode, which is Ahura's quarters, uh, she hides in the bathroom. So you actually see the door that goes into the bathroom. You don't see the bathroom in the quarters, but there is actually a door that goes into the crew members' bathroom. So that wow. was Wow. Kind of
0: cool. I never noticed yeah. that.
1: And then as you continue walking down the corridor, um, eventually you come to a junction with another corridor, which you never really see because they didn't build very much of it. Mm-hmm. But just before you get there, I'll, I'll have to do a screen cap of it. On the left-hand side, there's a red sort of a um, a grate, and it's it's upright. And there's a little place where you can walk next to it, so it's it's like a little alcove, and it's got this red grating there. And I looked at that and looked it at, and finally, um, it was decided that that area is where the vending machine is and the ice machine.
0: (laughs) I love it.
1: Right by Kirk's quarters, right? Like Mm -hmm. he doesn't need to walk far away. But that's exactly what it looks like where they keep the ice machine. So forever now, that is where the vending machine is, where the ice machine is on the Enterprise, behind the red grate.
0: Okay, that makes perfect sense.
1: Some of the other fun stuff that they did was sometimes when they're filming, uh, they'll film a scene in the corridor. Like if there's nobody in the corridor mm-hmm. walking, they'll flip the film so it looks like it's going in the other direction. So the curve goes the other yep. way. And because it's far enough away, you can't see the nameplates to see that the writing is reversed. So that's mm-hmm. cool. And then... Other times, they actually change the color of the doors. So the doors were obviously just pieces of wood that they were able to pull out of right. the slots. So sometimes the color of the doors is different, which again makes it feel like it's a different corridor. But it's mm-hmm. not, it's the same corridor, just with different doors. Right. Well, you know,
0: that's that's all um, TV cost cutting things. Yes. You know, doing it's stuff incredible. like that. And they would reuse Kirk's quarters for Spock's Fox quarters and just move the yep. pieces around. They're all mobile. And this, yep. to me, the first time I learned this, it's does not have to do with Star Trek, but I'm sure they did it. I was an extra on a soap opera once. Uh-huh. And all the, the places in the soap opera, so-and-so's kitchen, somebody's living room, somebody's office, all those, they are in a big U shape. Mm-hmm. And the camera is on like a railroad track in the middle of it. So it moves from place to place. They aren't like set up in, oh, now you've got to go over to, you know, aircraft carrier seven to film the Uh next scene.
1: They're all right there. Yeah. Yeah. Same with the the Trek stuff. Mm It's all on this quite small space, relatively speaking. Now the sets were modular so they could swap pieces in and out Mm as But it's all pretty much of a piece. Yeah, there's not that much. And then you see where sickbay is and the lab and McCoy's office. And there's one briefing room, which was dressed to look like different briefing rooms. Right. And and then the bridge set was there. But um, it's just I really never thought about how they did it. And now that I know how they did it, I'm in awe of the people who did the set design for that because it's so good. Mm -hmm. And Also, as we've talked about many times, the use of lighting is incredible. Yes. To make things look different, right? The walls I think are all painted this very light grey color, but by using these different lights with the filters on them, it looks like totally different places because now the walls are green, mm-hmm. now the walls are purple, now the walls are blue, but they're not. It's the same wall. Yeah. That just shows up in different scenes. And it's that amazing. that was part of that,
0: you know, let's sell a lot of color TVs.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, so it's all really good. So this is my new obsession. Every time I'm watching a new episode, it's like, oh, look at the doors. Mm-hmm. Are they the same doors? Are they painted different colors? The doors are light blue, gray, red, and yellow, as far as I can tell. I don't think there are any other colors.
0: Now, they're red on the bridge, aren't they?
1: They are. And the doors into the turbo lift are always red. Hmm. Okay. Always. Okay. There's only uh, two turbo lifts, I think. And the corridor to the turbo lift has that sort of triangular arch in front of it, Mm -hmm. how you can tell which one that is. Yeah. There's very, very uh, parsimonious with the sets just so much less than you would think it was. And and great attention to detail. Oh, so good. So very, very good. So anyway, that's a new thing for me. You know, as I said, I've been watching Star Trek for, 50 years, mm-hmm. and still finding new stuff to look at in every episode. Yep. It never gets old. Never gets old. Nope. Never does. Ah, uh, Star Trek, it's a good show. <laughs> <laughs> we recommend it. We do recommend it. It's really, really good. So I think that's it. That's everything that we had on the list. Did we miss anything that we wanted to talk about? No,
0: no, we, we pretty much okay. hit them all. There was, you know, plenty to gab about. It'll be interesting to see uh, what goes on during this year, Star Trek-wise, because as you pointed out, we're not going to see any new live action. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may be taking uh, the opportunity to uh, re-review some of the the older things. Yeah. and. Uh, We'll be
1: looking forward to um, Lower Decks coming back. Yeah. Oh, can't wait for that. But there's so much Star Trek on. It's still on Netflix and it's on, uh, what is it? me tv or something mm-hmm. so uh, for me it's on every night at eight o'clock which is great that's when we get um, it or is it seven well we get it at some point i think eight here too yeah, yeah but it's great i just i love the fact that it's on every night you can just sit down and go hey i'm gonna watch some stars yeah this is awesome hey
0: guess what this is weird remember when uh, it was it was in all the news people were like oh no what will i do when they said they pulled the office from everywhere now you can only see it on cbs all access Yeah. They're still showing it 12 hours a day on Comedy Central. (laughs) Okay.
1: Weird. Don't tell anybody. We bootlegged all the episodes. (laughs) I thought they were going to pull Star Trek from Netflix. Somebody had said that they would do that and that they would put Star Trek just on Paramount Plus, but that's not true. No, they haven't done that, but you can watch all of Star Trek on Paramount Plus. Yeah, but... Mm -hmm. You can watch all of TOS and I think TNG on Netflix as well if you want Did to. you
0: hear what the pricing tiers are on Paramount Plus? No. It depends on how much of The Office you want to watch.
1: Really? Yeah. It's
0: office-based? It's office-based. Wow. Office do you want to see it with commercials, without commercials? Only the first five seasons these different tiers, and they all have to do with The Office. Wow.
1: <laughs> well, they know where their money's coming I know, from. I, I know. I um, know. Okay, well, let's wrap this up. So, listeners, thanks for sticking with us. It's great, and we're so glad that we're still all here heading into 2021. Let us know what you're going to be doing and what you're going to be watching. And um, if you had any thoughts about the Discovery finale or going into Strange New Worlds, what do you want to see on that show? Yeah. Like, do you think Captain Kirk should be on that show? We'd like to know. Right. So we'll be back, hopefully, uh, without so much of a break, as long as we're both – doing okay yeah. in this time of covid yeah and uh we'll have another show for you sometime soon so until then stay well wear your masks and everything be safe don't forget yeah don't forget to live, live long, long and potluck